Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, it's my prayer and my heart's desire that you would be living in a season of transformation. Our key verse for this series has been Romans 12, 2. Do, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As we started this series, we spent two weeks talking about setting goals. And we spent two weeks talking about the way we think. I use that phrase self-mastery or controlling our thinking and why not? Either we control our thinking or our thinking controls us. We shared about the battle that's going on in our minds and that really true spiritual warfare happens between our ears. And how, as Pastor Wayne Cordero says, the devil is a headhunter. Your mind is the battlefield and your imagination, well, that's his trophy. You see, all our spiritual battles are won and fought in our minds first and foremost. The way you think determines the way you feel, and the way you feel determines the way you act. So the key to transformation, well, it doesn't really start with your actions, not your behavior, not in your body. It doesn't start with the the power of your will. It starts with your thoughts. And if you change the way you think, then you'll change the way you feel. And if you change the way you feel, you can change the way you act. And one of the keys to transformation, of course, is getting closer to God. You want to change the way you think? You have to fill your mind and your heart with God and God thoughts and God's word and his, of course, the Bible, the scriptures. You know, we can see transformation happening all through scripture, character after character. I think about the apostle Paul when he was Saul. He finally meets Jesus Christ face to face. And he's radically transformed from a religious terrorist into the apostle, the apostle of love. And he writes the most beautiful poem on love ever written, 1 Corinthians 13. And Isaiah was transformed from a depressed person, somebody who wanted his life to be over with, and he becomes a courageous person when he meets God. And Moses, he got so close to God, the Bible says that he was even transformed in his appearance and people had to look away because he was glowing. He was literally physically transformed. Now, something we learned a few months ago is that we're all called sheep. We're called sheep over 200 times in the Bible. And you don't have to teach sheep how to drift off. They just do it naturally. And let's be honest, so do we. Sheep aren't really that bright of an animal, and I'm not insinuating that you're not that bright, but we are called sheep, and we can easily walk off a cliff just like they can, or they'll walk into a den of wolves, they'll fall into a fast-moving stream or or river, and, and they'll have zero understanding of what a dangerous situation really is. Sheep tend to wander. Now, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, referring to Jesus, the iniquity of our all. So a couple questions. Have you lost your, your spark towards God and towards God's ways? Have you drifted 
and drifted more and more in your life away from being passionate about who God is and who Jesus is and the power of his Holy Spirit? Are you kind of going through the motions or just checking the boxes in regards to God in your life or Jesus being the master of your life or the Holy Spirit, your guide? You see, the further away you get from God, the more your life is troubled. But the closer you get to God, the more your life is transformed. Now, we have a story in the Bible on how to get back to God and how to get close to the Father. Most of us know this story. It's called the prodigal son. And it's a story that Jesus told. It's about a loving father. Really, it should be called the loving father story more than the prodigal son. But we get it. This story is found in Luke 15, and so I'm going to read uh, some of it to you. It's in verses 11 through 24, and it says that Jesus told this story. Uh, A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, give me my share of your estate and give it to me now instead of waiting until you die. I want my money, and I want it now. And so the father divided his wealth between his two sons. And a few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and left home to drift away from his father to go and live in a distant land. Now, that word distant is important. It really means as far as he could get away. Distant, not just a short distance, but the farthest distance possible. And there, far away from his father, he squanders the gift that he'd been given and wasted his life and money on wild parties and reckless living. And about the time all his money ran out, a severe famine hit the land. And he began to starve because he was left with nothing. And the only job he could find was was feeding the swine on the farm. I mean, no one would give him anything for his hunger. And after all, why? They had no food either. It wasn't good for beggars at all. And when he finally came to his senses, oh, I love this phrase. He said to himself, this is crazy. At my father's house, even the lowest paid workers get to eat really well. And while I'm far away, dying of hunger, I'm going to get up and I'm going to return home to my father. And I'm going to humbly say, Father, I've sinned against both God and you. I'm not worthy to be a part of this family or called your son, but please just make me one of your servants who works for you. And with that attitude, he headed back home to his father. And while the son was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. How could he do that? Because he was looking for his boy to come home. He had belief in his heart that he would. And notice this next line, filled with love and compassion. He ran out to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I've sinned against both God and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring me the finest robe in our house and put it on him. We're going to celebrate with a feast of eating and drinking for this child of mine that was distant and dead is now back. And alive, he was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. What an incredible story. It reminds us of how every one of us tends to wander away from our creator, the father who made us, the God who loves us. So in this story, the son demands that his father gives him what he wants and give it to me now. It's mine. It's all about me. 
Give me my, give me mine. It's self-centered living. And I got to tell you this, we have to guard against this kind of heart. It is a position that, that I know best and I know more. And as the son says, I'm in a hurry and I want it and I want it today and I can't wait. I'm in a hurry. Give me mine and give it now. And so he takes off. And he packs up all that he has and he heads off for some clubs, maybe uh, the Vegas Strip of Jerusalem. We don't know. What we just know is wild times. And he wastes all his money. And he becomes unsheltered. And then on top of that, the nation goes into a national recession because there's a famine in the land. Worse gets even worse. No one has any food. And so he finds this, this job on a farm putting pig slop out for the pigs. Now, if you're a Jewish kid, the last thing you want to do is hang around with, with pork. You're not supposed to touch a pig. They were deemed unclean. And he gets the worst possible job that he could ever get. And he gets hungry. And even the pig slop looks good to him. And the thing I want you to see is that he comes to a place where he's seriously desperate in his life. And he, and he comes to his senses, and he wants to go home. What in the world am I doing? What a great question. He knows he doesn't deserve the Father's love. I'm not going to go home and ask God for anything, or in this case, his Father for anything. I'm just going to ask God to give me a spot. I'm going to ask my Father just to hire me. I'd rather be a servant in your house, kind of like David said. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than and sit with the wicked. And I don't want to sit here in this distant country, starving to death. What on earth am I here for? You know, from this story, we can gain four incredible points on how we should get back to God. Maybe you're not as close to God as you want to be. Maybe you're far away from God, or maybe you're getting closer, but you know there's more work to be done. I really don't feel God's presence. Somebody said that to me recently. And yet, we all long to be close to God, don't we? Well, I hope so. So how do we get closer to God? The first thing, number one, is we must be dissatisfied with our lives. It's exactly what the son did. He, he was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when you drift from God and you need transformation, don't grow accustomed to that place. Don't get comfortable there. When you drift and get away from God, it's, it's easy to have that become your new habit, your new way of life. It was a great day when the son in the story says, I've come to my senses. There was a renewing in his mind. His mind was thinking it's best to go out and party and just live it up. But now he comes to his senses. He was depressed. He was discouraged. Maybe you've been there. It's a good day when when we come to a place of dissatisfaction and it sinks into our soul. You know what God has to say about this? Well, Jeremiah 29, 13, here's what God says. You'll find me when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Hey, we have to stop saying my life is fine just the way it is. This is all there is. Let's go for more of God. You know, I know of a situation where the person believes that they are right and they will not see things from any other perspective. They do not want to change 
So they've drifted from their faith and they've drifted from their friends and they're doing life their way. And you'll hear them. Oh, if you press them, you'll hear them. I'm just fine where I am. I'm just fine seeing things my way. And God stops us in those moments and knocks on the door of our heart and wants us to become dissatisfied with our current state of affairs. Because if we stay where we are, nothing ever changes. You got to get desperate. You got to get hungry. You got to get anxious for things to change because nothing happens until you get fed up with your life. In the passage of scripture, we see that the son had wasted it all. He had nothing left. So he got desperate and there was hunger, physical hunger. But I think there was a deeper hunger in his soul for what he had before and what he longed to be transformed back to. You see, God loves you just the way you are. Isn't that good news? He loves you right where you are. That's great news. But he loves you too much to let you stay the way you are. And he loves you too much to let you stay in the place where you are. He doesn't want you to waste your life. And what God wants to do is, is, is get your attention. Knock on that door. And if we ignore it, he just keeps knocking again and again. And if we ignore it, he will knock even more and more and more. And if we ignore it, well, eventually he'll blow your door down. <laughs> Some of you had that happen to you in, in 2020. Or maybe you got blown away in 2010 or 2012 or 2015 or 2017. And when you start saying, I'm just so unsatisfied with my life. And then you turn that into running into the presence of God. When you start feeling this, this, this sense of churning in your soul, that's really God knocking on your door. You see, the first step to transformation is for you to get dissatisfied with where you are. You get disgusted and discontent and fed up with the way that you're living and the way that you're thinking. And you're eager for God to transform your heart. And the second thing is we have to be honest about our own disobedience. We've talked about it the last few weeks. We have to own our stuff. Luke 15, 13, 14, and 17 says, when he came to his senses, he said, I've sinned. He doesn't blame anyone. I've sinned against God and against you, referring to his father. Now, his senses, <laughs> this is nuts living apart from God. I can't believe I've chosen this pathway. It's not sensible and it's not sustainable. And he comes to his senses and he owns his stuff. I'm repeating myself on purpose. You see, it's a great day when we face up to the fact that we've not been living God's way, that we've been living our way, that we say our way is better than your way. I'm going to do it my way. I've done this before. You've done this before. And it's a great day when we say we're done doing it our way. And we stop protecting our position or our place in life. And we say, God, I surrender myself to you. I've been doing this a long time. And we try, all of us, to control things that we can and to try to control things we can't control. You ever get tired of just trying to hold the controls? Are you willing to resign as a general manager of the universe? <laughs> because we've noticed so often that the universe doesn't cooperate with us. And so we, we own our stuff. We own our sin. And when he came to his senses, he said, 
I am wrong. Well, that's a good day for sure. Have you ever prayed and, and, and felt like God was a million miles away? Have you ever prayed and felt like your prayer was, was bouncing off the ceiling or you, you couldn't see God or hear God or sense God? Am I just talking to myself, God, or are you there? Where does that come from? Well, it's a biblical answer for that. Isaiah 59, 2. It says, your sins have separated you from your God and have hidden his face from you. So if God feels far away, Who moved? Here's a lesson for you. You're as close to God as you choose to be. Wow. We're as close to God as we choose to be. The fact is that if you haven't felt felt desperate enough lately, if you haven't been fed up enough to say, I am desperate to know God. I'm desperate to grow in my faith. I'm desperate to grow in my worship. I'm desperate, desperate to be transformed. If I were to hold you under water and hold you down there for a while, I would never do this. <laughs> but if I did, you, you, you would struggle. And when you really started to run out of air, you would really, really struggle because you would be desperate for air itself. And that's where transformation starts, where we're, we're desperate for the breath of God. You see, when, when David messed up, When he committed adultery and he killed Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, he was honest about his sin. He was dissatisfied with his life. He was desperate to breathe God air again. And in Psalm 51, he says, Be merciful to me, O God, because of your constant love. Because of your great mercy, wipe away my sins. Wash away all my evil and make me clean. I recognize my faults and I'm conscious that I've sinned against you. I recognize my faults. I own my stuff. I confess my sin. I'm dissatisfied with my life. And what's God's response when I own up? What's God's response when I face it? Isaiah 118 says, the Lord says, no matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can remove it. I can make you as clean as the freshly fallen snow. Isn't that a beautiful verse? He says, no no matter what you've done, no, no, no matter who you've done it with, I can remove it. Now, I've been asking you to write a spiritual goal each week, and I hope you'll do another one this week as this message finishes. You know, by the way, you can send those to me at at office at lompocfoursquare.com, and and I'll get them. I just wonder how many of you are writing goals. In the chat, you could just say, me. You could type, me. I'm, I'm doing it. We'd love to know how many of you are are writing goals out. Uh, But here's a goal for you. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the goal would be test yourself. Uh, Test yourself to make sure you're doing the right thing, that you're living solid in the faith, that you're pursuing God. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. Isn't that great? And if you fail the test, do something about it. I love that in the message paraphrase. That's what we're talking about here. Do something about your situation. Be dissatisfied and own your stuff. Be honest about your situation, whatever it might be. Don't candy coat it. Don't be comfortable with it. Just be honest about it. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way 
in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That brings me to the third point. We have to dedicate ourselves to God. Dedicate yourself to God. Offer yourself up to him. Joshua 3.5, Joshua tells the people, hey, God's up to some great things. So consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. You see, I believe strongly that God is on the move and he's doing some amazing things in this season ahead. And it's really for those who consecrate themselves, who, who dedicate themselves, who commit themselves to God. And in this story, the son offers himself up. He doesn't come back and say, God, give me, give me, give me more, or Father, give me more. But what he says is, make me. Luke 15, 12 says, the son drifted away, saying, give me my share. And Luke 15, 19, he returns to the father saying, make me a servant. You see the humility in the second approach? What a huge attitude change, a transformation. See, when your heart moves from self-centeredness to God-centeredness, and you surrender yourself to God, have your way in me, Lord, and through me, Lord, that's transformation. And I have to remind you, it's not an instant process. It's a work of progress. It takes a long time. And it's important to notice the father's response. Luke 15, 20, and 22. Filled with love and compassion, he ran out to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him and says, bring the best. Bring the best robe. Bring the, the best ring, the family signet ring. Bring the best shoes. Bring the fatted calf. The father's amazing response is, my son's home. And while he was still a distance away, the Bible says he ran out to him. Now, the, the, the father does not want to rehearse every detail of the boy. Uh, son, tell me uh, how many hours you were out there wild, wild living, wild parties, and your supposed friends who convinced you into buying all that food and alcohol for them and the limo rides and the bottles of champagne and on and on. Son, I want to know every detail about... He just quickly celebrates and restores his boy. Now, who's telling the story? Jesus. Jesus told this story because he knew the power of God's love and grace and all about the power of the cross that, that he was about to die upon. And the father celebrated. No condemnation. When the son came back home, we celebrate. Hey, where do you need God's transforming power right now in your life? Where do you need his help in, in, in owning your stuff and, and being dissatisfied with your life as it is? Possibly you've never given your life over to Jesus. Today should be that day. You might think your life is, is fine the way it is. It's just, just fine. But God has so much more for you. Remember, giving your life to Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. When Jesus dies on the cross and rises again from the dead, it was for your salvation. Or how about this word? It was for your rescue. And Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. Do you believe the truth of salvation? Where Christ dies for your sins and rises again from the dead? Where he says to you, it's, it's finished. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive you. 
2 Corinthians 6.2 says, this is the hour to receive God's favor. Today is the day to be saved. And I'm so grateful to God for his grace. I'm so grateful to God for his love. I'm so grateful that God doesn't scold us when we come to him, but he rescues us and he saves us. So I encourage you today to believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and confess with your mouth. Wherever you are, just say it. Jesus, you are Lord. I encourage you to say it. And if you're online, you, you can just type it in. Jesus is Lord. And how about this one? Jesus is my Lord. And you can, you can pray this prayer. You can repeat these words after me if it helps you. Jesus, I give you my life. Just say that. Jesus, I give you my life. And Jesus, I, I believe you died and rose again. Just say it. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again. And Jesus, I believe that you are Lord. Just, just say it. Jesus, I believe you're Lord. And say it again. Jesus, I give you my life. And if that's you and this is your first time to be saved, you can raise your hand in our online chat or you could leave a comment. Just, just write the word salvation. It, it's for me because other people need to know and and, and believe with you. If you raise your hand and you want somebody to pray with you and you're in our, our online experience, you can have somebody do that privately or you can call our office. I mean, we want to agree with you. It's so important and get you materials to get you started on your journey of faith. And then I want to talk to those of you who've, who, who've given your life to Christ, but maybe you've drifted away from him. Maybe kind of like the prodigal son today or maybe just like the prodigal son. You went your own way. You thought your way was better than God's way. And, and you know something's missing today. Make this your prayer if you choose. Father, I need to come to you. I've drifted from you. And I, I'm not where I should be in my relationship with you. So I run to you. Just tell him that today. Father, I run to you. And Father, when we think of your grace, we're overwhelmed. We, we know you welcome us just like the boy in this story and you desire to be close to us. We need your power. We're, we're tired of doing things our own way and thinking our own ways and thinking that our ways are better than your ways. We confess our disobedience and we're longing for more of your power and your presence in our life. And God, we've allowed things, all of us have, to cloud our vision of you. We've loved other things more than you. And there's times, Lord God, where the choices we've made have caused you to feel distant, even though you weren't. So we offer ourselves to you afresh. Make us who you want us to be, and we will follow you. Give us the power that we need to renew our minds and to live transformed lives. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said a big, loud amen right where you are. Let's continue our process in being transformed. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.